and watch videos of Jerry at 71 years old <laughs> climbing the tree with the cougar and the cougar jumping out and then going right back up the tree over Jerry's back, back to the top oh, yeah. of the tree. Now, now, is this... Have you ever not worn a pair of overalls, Jerry? I've never oh, seen you in a pair bed. of pants. He actually went all through... Scotland I've in never, overhauls. I've never <laughs> seen. Yeah. Are you really? Yeah. Did he pack anything other than overalls? No. Oh, I wear my shorts once in a while. You have overall you... shorts or do they actually no. shorts? Well, I have overalls that I cut the tight legs off. Jort overalls. <laughs> overall jorts. <laughs> I get my drink here. I'm going to need a drink for this. Whole thing. <laughs> I, you know, Brad, there's only been one time in my life. That you've ever seen him not wear overalls? Yeah, and you know when that was? When he was in his underwear? It was May 1st of last year. Oh. Explain. Why? Because we were over at at Schmackle's Ranch. Ted's 4,000th. Ted's 4,000th oh. bear hunt. And Jerry was overwhelmed with that lodge and that ranch. And him and I shared the same upstairs into the ranch that had how many four four beds had four four king size beds yeah four king size <laughs> beds upstairs in that end of the loft and he was so overwhelmed and everybody was going to bed we were wore out from talking to mike <laughs> Matiaco. Yes, macchiato macchiato no it's muddy you had okay. it right but i always had to give you help yeah and and jerry comes up there and i'm thinking god i got to go to sleep and jerry's my god can you believe this place and he gets on the phone and calls Rondi. And I'm everybody's trying to sleep. The whole house is dark. And Jerry's <laughs> up there looking out the window. Yeah, honey, you would not believe this place. This is unreal. Dave and I, we're up here in this end of the house. Four king-size bed. And the only reason I say I've seen him without his overalls is he strips <laughs> down to his whitey tighties. Talking to her on the phone, standing at the window, looking out the window at some god-awful hour of the night, and we're ready for bed. Jerry is so excited about that lodge that he just could not help but call Rondi and tell her about the lodge. He's just hanging out in his underwear. Yeah, he's just hanging out in his whitey tight. He's walking around up there talking to Rondi on the phone. And that's the only time in my life I've ever seen him not wearing overalls. Yeah. You can't get that picture out of your head. No, I'll <laughs> yeah. never. That would be a picture you didn't <laughs> want to keep. Well, that that was a that was a good secret interlude to the uh, to the yeah. program there, buddy. Now, now I want you to go ahead with your introduction. So, so we've been recording for about three minutes. Nobody's even known yet, but oh, we're going to introduce our guest, Jerry Myra. Hi, Jerry. Hi, hi, buddy. <laughs> We're making fun of you today. Uh, yeah. This is, this is going to be the roast of Jerry Meyer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How old are you? I'm 83. 83. You got your grandson? Yep. Randy? Hey, Randy. Oh, let's, let's get some audio there. Hold on. Chase again. Yeah, you're not working again. Testing one, two, Randy. Yeah. Let me, oh, let hold me on. check here. I got something going there. So we got David Walker. I got a, there we go. Hold on. Randy, come back to us. You there now? Yeah. 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 See, I are. don't know how to run this thing. All right. Grandson to Jerry Myra. Rondi, wife. Yeah. How's it like living with Jerry? 
For, for okay, let me, how, let wait, me, how much time do we just have? Wait. <laughs> how, much, how much time we got? You don't have to tell the whole truth. <laughs> that's a, that's I, whole I can't tell the whole truth? You don't mm-hmm. have to. Oh, okay. <laughs> you can if you want. How long have you guys been married? 63, 64 years. Wow. To yeah. a houndsman. And he's been gone probably half of that hunting. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why it worked out so well. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, why not? <laughs> Absence <laughs> makes the heart grow fonder, right? Yes. Well, you get a new honeymoon once a week. That's <laughs> right. Yeah. Do you ever just tell him, it's like, it's time to go? Like, did you need to go hunting? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm going to be telling him that in a few, <laughs> in a few days. <laughs> like it's leave. time to go over to Ted. <laughs> take take the dogs and get them the hell out of here yeah, for a little while. But he has to take the dogs. Yeah. You got David Walker. Hey. Hey. And uh Brad Mombert. Yes. We sir. got a full crew. Hello. It may be a little bit loud. I don't know. And we're we're tight tight really tight into a, a trailer here. We're sitting in Davis trailer after our early SDA convention. Camping out. And uh having a couple of drinks. But we figured we were just telling stories and we wanted to start recording. So um let's Let's hear, what's your first, what, when did you first get a dog? I got a, oh, I don't know. Uh, Rhodesian Ridgeback. Oh, the Charger. Before 94, anyway, you know, pro- probably about 90. I was down at the coast archery hunting, and uh, we were elk hunting, and I was walking down this trail, and here comes a bobcat down the trail towards me. And so I, I I put an arrow through the through his chest, but he jumped in the brush and I couldn't find him. Right. So I knew where there's hound guy. A uh, guy had hounds down the road. So I went and asked him. I says, "Hey, I, I got a, I hit a bobcat with my bow and, and I can't find him." Typical, Holy. typical non-houndsman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I shot at something and I can't. I need a houndsman to go fix. Fix my problems. <laughs> so anyway, he brought his dogs up there, and two, two minutes he had the bobcat, and it didn't didn't go far and died. So then he just happened to have some pups, and he had these uh, Rhodesian Ridgeback Redbone Cross pups, and I happened to have a litter of German Shorthair pup. So he traded pups, and that's what I started with. Really, and I didn't know nothing about hounds. I didn't know how to train hounds, but I got this dog, and he was a natural cat dog. Every time Rondi would bring a new cat home, he would, after he got through, she'd need to get a new cat. Right. And he was good. So the first time I took him out coon hunting, I didn't know how to coon hunt. And uh, I just went out in the woods, you know, there's supposed to be coons out there. So I go out in the woods, and he's... He's messing around there and smelling something, and I lay down a really nice night, and I lay down underneath the tree and just fall asleep, and the next thing I knew, he starts barking. And I look up, and here's a coon over my head. <laughs> and that was the start of my coon hunting. Really? Yep. How old were you? About 35. So you kind of got in a little bit late. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, the only reason... I had a friend that had a hound, and yeah, and he he was a wild guy, and he had a blue tech hound, and a big school bus, and we'd take take about four, five, six of us, 
and we'd go down the coast and we'd drive around and, <laughs> and this old blue tick would start barking and we'd turn him loose. And we'd spend all night trying to catch him, but he never caught nothing. <laughs> so instead of a dog box and a rig rack, you had like 27 windows that were open and the yeah. blue tick just rigged out the windows? He'd just run around. You know? <laughs> <laughs> the school bus. Or if we seen something cross the road. Was it like a full school bus? Oh, like yeah. It sh- wasn't a short bus. It was <laughs> no, a full sizer. It was a full school bus. Yeah. <laughs> so That was George Terrace. Yeah, George Terrace. So what you're telling us is that your hound hunting, when it started out, started out like a lot of us, where when you went out with the dogs, the dog would take off, and then you spent the rest of the night literally hound hunting, yeah. looking for the hound <laughs> yeah, that, that was out running loose. Yeah. And I didn't know they were supposed to catch nothing. We never did. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, uh, and uh, he turned out to be a great dog. So then you made the transition then from your, so the, the Ridgeback or the Ridgeback Redbone lasted you for a while. Yeah. But then you must have went pure hound at some point. Well, I was much hound, as much hound as I wanted, that guy. Yeah, he, well, could, he could do everything. Yeah, Charger, but then if they would call him, if we were going to a field trial, what field trial are you going to? Because they would go to a different one because Charger would take everything. I mean, she, he could tree, and nobody could touch him. Hmm. Yeah, he was a tree and champion for yeah, well, three four years that he'd beat everybody. Huh. Yeah, but a terrific dog. Huh. Yeah. But, but then, did you did you get other dogs before he retired, or did? You... Oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I hunted with a guy named Bill Simpson, and he had he had one of the best best strike dogs in the country at that time as a walker dog and this was back early when uh uh someone offered a thousand dollars for this strike dog and that was just money that was just unheard of then so he decided that he was going to sell this dog but he was going to also breed it before he sold it so he got a he got a plot from ron hill that had broke its leg and they couldn't hunt, so he he bred it, and then I got one of his pups, and he was a so a plot walker cross plot walker cross yeah, and uh, this dog turned out to be just a fantastic dog. I mean, Larry Sola said that's the best best strike dog he ever seen, but uh, when Larry talked about cur dogs, this hound was the best he'd ever seen. <laughs> huh. <laughs> and I took him out with old Ron Hill and Dave Thompson, and and he was about six months old, and uh, and we seen him with his bear bait up, and he went right in there barking in his face, and the bear turned over and just bit him right over the nose and the eyes and that, but missed his eye. But from then on, that thing was just a hmm. killing bear dog. Huh. You'll see these pictures of this right nice and close, and you're like, what kind of camera is Jerry carrying? Yeah, boy, he's really got a nice zoom, and those are sharp pictures, Jerry. Wow, I mean, that's a nice zoom. What camera you got? Oh, no, no zoom. This is a little Kodak, a little yeah. Walmart Kodak <laughs> camera down there. He, he's within then, arm shot of a cougar, taking a picture of it on the same limb. Yeah, then you see yeah. videos and Then somebody else is taking a picture from the limb. Yeah, somebody else has got a picture from the bottom. 
and Jerry's out there with his ball cap yeah. by the brim, flipping the cougar in the top face yeah. to get yeah. it to snarl more so he can get a better picture, <laughs> better picture while yeah. he's on the same limb with oh, the yeah. cat. Yep. Yeah. Except for, I just want to know how many overalls that you've gone through. You get hung <laughs> up in the tree or... <laughs> or the one that has the scratch marks down the back of them from the cougar climbing down your back? Well, I only got one pair like that. Okay. Has yeah. anybody else seen the video of that? No. Yes. That, that, oh, that's, that's something we got to dig up. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen that. That's one of the best videos I got. This had this big Tom. He's he's about, he's probably 180, 85 pound Tom. You got, a, you got a life insurance policy on him? I'd make sure it's paid up. Okay. No. <laughs> no. He got rid of it. <laughs> he no, canceled what, both of our life policies. What really so happened? now he can't do anything to me because it's not going to do him any good. Oh, <laughs> what really happened was their adjuster stopped by the house and he was editing videos. Yeah. <laughs> Cancel. Yeah. Yeah. You're done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I, I climbed this tree and this, this Tom was just docile as could be. I could. I could just move right up to him, and he wouldn't do nothing. And finally, finally, he moved out on a branch too far, and he panicked. And he decided he wanted out of that tree. And I was, I was on the one side of the branch. Tree How high and, were up? Were you? How high? Oh, probably fifty feet or so, somewhere in there. It was a big tree, <laughs> and it was probably six, eight inches in diameter, where he went by me. But I was on one side; he went on the other side. See. So as he's going by, I thought, well, I just grabbed him by the tail. <laughs> so I grabbed him by the what tail. What made you think, like, I'm just going to grab him by the yeah, tail? That seems like a good idea. I'm yeah. 50 feet up. Yeah, I'll just have see you if, ever heard the same grab turn a wildcat by the tail? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I grabbed him by the tail, and that's a no-no. <laughs> <laughs> But I, What's I, that, how's that nursery rhyme go? Like, <laughs> you may know that what I'm talking about. <laughs> Pretty sure that there's a yeah. There, <laughs> Jerry finished that nursery rhyme. Like, yeah, it's a no no. Okay, so <laughs> yeah. could you explain why it's a no no? But anyway, that cat could reverse faster than I could blink an eye, <laughs> and he was was headed down. And the next thing I knew. He was headed back up. <laughs> he changed his mind in and, mid mid And he was just even with me, and he reaches around the tree, and he gets a hold of my rear pocket, and tear, it happened to part. <laughs> and my billfold falls out of my pocket, <laughs> and all my stuff is floating down. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then, he, then he finally decides to exit the tree, so... That's when he lied. Did to you me. grab him the second time? He said no, that the branch no, he, tore you his let pocket. him go clean the second <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah, he says, uh, like, oh, he says the branch ca caught my rip pocket off, so you're going to have to fix it when I get home. The branch? So I called the next day to talk to him, and our nephew called, answered, and he said, hey, did I tell you how the cougar took his pocket off? <laughs> that wasn't the worst of it. The next night, he calls, I call again, and they were getting ready. They couldn't find his ID to get back on the plane to come home. They were going to fix one up. <laughs> and I just said, okay, you know. And then about 2 o'clock in the morning, I thought, holy shit, that's a federal offense. <laughs> <laughs> Which one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they yeah. had found it. Yeah, we were back the next day with a rake and raked all the 
snow out. The snow was about a foot deep and raked the snow out. So I don't believe me much anymore. I <laughs> found, found my ID. So Find Jerry... your pocket, too? No, no, that was still... It was hanging there. Yeah. <laughs> Jerry, I remember uh, a few of your dogs over the years. And probably the one that stands out the most to me was Ernie. Yeah. <laughs> and so where did Ernie come from and at what point in all this did you acquire Ernie and <laughs> You must have been talking to Greg Thomas. No, I I kind of know the story, but I I'd like to hear it from you and remember what it was and I remember Ernie and he was a really nice dog and uh I I know you know you're talking about being on the plane and stuff and I guess I'm assuming, uh, because I know that you used to do this a lot, but you would go to Montana for the winter yeah, and cougar hunt there. And I'm presuming that that's what Rondi's talking about. You were trying to get on the plane to come back from Montana. He was just coming back for, the, for a few days. Right. I know he would go over there, spend most of the winter, yeah. come back for Christmas or well, Thanksgiving yeah. or whatever and fly back over there and hunt some more. Well, the, I'd go there from December 1st till March 15th. I'd come home for a week or two for Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, Greg Thomas, who was a good friend of ours, ordered this female from back east that bred to a, a really high-class dog. Hickory Nut Harry. Huh? Hickory Nut Harry. Oh, yeah, Hickory Nut Harry. So anyway, uh, she had two pups, and Greg was in the, in the bu hound business, so that was a business venture for him. And the hound... He had Ernie till he was about six months old, and and he just Ernie just got in trouble all the time. He was building a house, and the guys would lay his gloves down, and Ernie'd pack them off, and he'd pack off their tools, and and finally, Greg had had enough. He he says, "I got this dog. I think you ought to have him." <laughs> <laughs> so I I bought him, and uh, how old was Ernie then? He was probably about seven months. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I took him to Montana, and I had I had Ernie and Copper. Then they were both about seven, eight months old pups. And I had a another real good, real good dog uh, named Fred. That was just one hell of a. Uh, the old bear could go through the rocks, and old Fred could get after him. But everybody else would hang up. But anyway, we were in Montana hunting, and and. Uh, I treat a nice cat there, and uh, Ernie and Copper hadn't seen a cat before like that. That was their first cougar. <laughs> and anyway, uh, I had to kind of have the tree cougar tra exit the tree so the dog could see him good, you know. So I tied up Freddy and uh, and climbed up there, and the cat happened to depart and come down and then uh, those two dog, two pups treat it and from then on <coughs> oh that he did come out of that tree and he went on another another tree and oh god there was a log going across the creek and and the cougar went across the creek uh, across the log and the dogs were underneath baying on that cougar 
on uh, sitting on the log and old Freddie jumped up and grabbed his tail and pulled it down and and they had a free for all down there and that's what else he started old Ernie <clears throat> from that then on he led everything what kind of dog walker walker yeah he was he was tricolor 100 percent. i mean they were registered oh, oh walker. registered walker yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. queen pole creek queen if i'm don't something right like, i think that was his mother yeah and then but see uh, up until i started running around with ted i all I always had really good really good registered dogs because my nephew would follow all these bloodlines. I mean, he knew the bloodlines, and but then he'd order them back east, and they'd come out, and he didn't have money to pay for them to come out. So I would go to the airport and get them out, and tell them as soon as you get money, I'll you can have your dog. So I ended up with about three dogs that way. That were <laughs> really high bred dogs. You're like the bank. You just re repossessed them. Like, yeah, that's kind of predatory to houndsmen. You know that, right? <laughs> so, so, but then Ted was the demise of your registered dogs. He was just a, just an old oaky, grade <laughs> dog breeder that you got mixed up with. Well, don't put it. Don't say grade dog. You <laughs> say he had good dogs. That's yeah. right. Yeah, and but uh, maybe I should. I better not go there. But anyway, it ended up that uh, Ted decided he wanted to cross with Ernie. And uh, he had a real good dog. He had Brick. So you're talking about Ted Craddock. Ted Craddock, yeah. yes. And he had this Brick dog that was just a super dog. So he took Brick's sister and we bred that to Ernie. Which was Socks. Sock, and we got uh, Ted got Spur, and then I got Striker, and they were some really good dogs. It ended up that uh, in Ted's pack, uh, he would run Spur one day and Striker another day. So, well, then, and then Jerry Hatton had a litter made out of that cross too. Chase, yeah, yeah. Jerry, yeah, that was a, a, that was a good litter. That was a good litter, yeah. good cross. And then we tried it one more time, but then I think, in my opinion, that they run socks too long after she was bred, and she she come up with a couple tip pups. Oh. And they had to go take her to the vet, and then she couldn't have any more pups. Oh, really? Ran yeah. her too ran her too late into a pregnancy period. That's what I that's what I think. Yeah. To, to make tip the pups. Yeah. And tipped, you mean like they got crossways? In they the, got the, crossways in there, so they had to go to Syria and uh, take them out. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. <clears throat> but that was my opinion. Yeah. Well, so then, not to, but to continue that line, that's where, so then that's where I came in, and and Stryker had pups, and I have that Jersey dog out of her, and that's what now has, I mean, I basically have that whole side of the gene pool in my dog. Yeah. And then I got a call from a guy the other day that has a one a grandson of my old Mac dog uh -huh. that uh, I got. Well, I better not even think about it. 
He's going to have some pups. Ah. <laughs> oh, Rondi, how you doing over here? You want to chime in on that one? No pups. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I got a new collar today. No pups. Yeah, Jerry, Jerry won a brand new tracking collar at <laughs> the convention new, today. I only got five tracking collars and two dogs. So how, how does that figure? You need more dogs. <laughs> well, I know one thing about you, Jerry. What's that? You still owe me a couple leashes. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> what kind do you want? Your Leopold? Or? <laughs> <laughs> we got some nice Leopold leashes that were donated. <laughs> yeah. Leopold. Uh, yeah. You know, I haven't. <clears throat> I've hunted with you a few times over the years, and we've always been involved in the OUSDA and the OHA and stuff. Known you for a long time, but you, I, Ted Craddock, and Cody Marshall were on a bear hunt over there, over east, and we uh, we were with Ted, and we ran a bear, treated in looking glass, Greg, <laughs> little looking glass, Greg, and we're all fired up, you know, and Cody, the youngest one of the bunch, we're going roaring down there, and Jerry says, I'm going. I'm going to the tree. And so... Here we go, me and Cody go racing down there, and we get down there into the bottom while they're just up the other side. Ted stays at the pickup, and we're talking to him on the radio, telling him, you know, hey, they're up the other side. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll drive around. I'll pick you up on the other side, you know, and then you won't have to walk so far. So we go down. And he knows what that creek probably yeah. is. He's like, yeah, yeah. And yeah. It's a, yeah it, when it, whenever Ted says, I'll just pick you up on the other side, yeah, yeah. Yeah. or I'll stay here at the truck, you, you know it's about it's a good a, walk. That's a yeah. bad hike. I'll tell you right now. Yeah. So we hit the creek down there, and we all stop and take a bath just about to cool off because it's a hot, sweaty son of a gun. We go on up over to the tree, and me and Cody beat Jerry there. And we're there leashing up dogs and stuff, and Jerry gets there, and of course we we're waiting for him, and he gets there, and Jerry, being the photographer he ha is, you know, he's got to have some pictures before we leave that tree, and so Jerry's breaking out the camera, and he's going to work taking pictures and stuff, and okay, we we got to go. Ted's on the radio hollering because on his way he driving around to pick us up. Another bear runs across the road in front of me. <laughs> you guys got to get the hell out of there and get up here right now because we got to get the dogs on this other bear. Get up here. And Ted's freaking out hollering at us. So we just go to unsnapping dogs and grabbing leashes and heading out, you know. And Jerry, being the guy he is, he usually liked to stay at the tree to watch the bear come down. Try to get a good photo. Yeah, wow. you know, you might get a video or a photo of the bear hitting the ground as it leaves the tree as we're leaving. So he's kind of hanging back. Well, he doesn't bother to tell me that he unsnaps his dogs from my leashes that I had tied them up because me and Cody got there ahead of time. But he just unsnaps the dog. <laughs> And leaves my leases in the bottom of Looking Glass Creek. <laughs> you don't want to go get those. We get to the top finally to get to Ted, <laughs> and we go on to the next tree. And I'm, God, I'm kind of light on leashes. What the heck? And I get thinking, well, I snapped Jerry's dogs up down there with my leashes. Hey, Jerry, where's my leashes? Well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> To this day, they're still in the bottom of a little looking glass creek tied to a tree where he unsnapped his dogs from the tree. 
<laughs> I'm, I've always gave him a hard time about that. Well, if you got a spare day and a half, you can go get them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't made much effort to go back down that no. hole, have you? Uh, no. <laughs> Do you, no can you, buddy, right. that's what keeps Buddy in business. Yeah, I like these at stories. the bottom of the canyon. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. You had your credit card. We can fix this right now, Jerry. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I couldn't tell you how old Jerry was at that time, but... Uh, it, I was more than impressed with his uh, physical ability getting <laughs> to the bottom of that and back out of there. Not, not his mental ability to remember to understand. <laughs> right. <what he's> <laughs> physical ability, good. Yeah. Mental ability, not so. Me and Cody, we thought we were in pretty fair shape, and we were sucking wind and hurting by the time we got out of there, and Jerry plugged his way right down through there and up the other side. And Well, you were telling me a story earlier about watching him go through a couple of gnarly canyons over there in that country, and you... Said he goes down through the bottom and up the other side and down through another bottom and clear up to another <laughs> highway to you. get picked up. Said he has one speed yep. in the overalls. Yep. It's like second gear. Just Do you hunt in the overalls too? Absolutely. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He I has some Carhartt ones. That's what that, I was just going to say. They're usually Carhartt yeah, when yeah. he's Elkind. These are your going to town overalls. Yeah. yeah. He does. Oh, those are my With tough, holes. My, <laughs> my tougher overalls. You know, Randy could chime in, but. I really admire Jerry because he, uh, well, just every reason. But one of the things that's always struck me as as huge is, you know, I like to get the kids involved in hunting, you know. And my daughter, she's hunted with me that's since she super was super hunter, little <laughs> little tiny girl, and she's a, quite a hunter. But you know, I can remember years ago when. Randy, who's here with us, and Zach, the other grandson, uh, Jerry's other grandson, and Zach hadn't killed an elk yet, and uh, elk hunting over there in northeast Oregon, and Jerry would take the boys, or at least Zach, I know, I, I, I can't remember him doing it with you, Randy, but I remember clearly him doing it with Zach. He didn't and, like you. He, uh, like, like, he probably did Archie it running? with Randy, but... <laughs> They, you know, you go out to the end of this ridge as far as you can drive, park, and then Jerry and Zach would take a pup tent and walk on out there a mile and a half or so on top of this ridge and camp out overnight in the pup tent on a spine of the ridge where you couldn't hardly set up a tent. <laughs> yeah. And you got to be very picky and the wind blows like a son of a gun and they'd spend the night out there to make sure that Zach could maybe get on an elk at the end of the ridge. And then if they didn't do any good, then that's when they'd drop off the end and go down through the bottom of the canyon, up over the middle ridge, down through the next creek, and up to the highway on the other side. And I, I mean, all of us sitting here tonight talking, you know, none of us could do it easily in a day's hike, you know, through there. Jerry makes it look pretty simple. And I think he could probably still do it today at 83 if he wanted to do well, it. Well, I don't know. But uh, on that hunt, one of those hunts you were talking about, uh, I told Zach, you know, don't shoot anything past here. Any Anything on the other side of this hill is breeding ground. Okay. So is what? Breeding? Breeding, breeding ground. ground, yeah. It's just too far to pack, in other it's words, too, buddy. Okay, it, yeah. it's too, <laughs> too far to pack. So anyway uh we split up and i got back together a little bit later and and uh zach says 
Well, I seen two bulls out there, but they were over there where you told me not to shoot. And he says they were big bulls. Well, let's go look. <laughs> so we hike over let's there. Let's go check the breeding grounds real quick. Yeah. Let's, go, let's go take a look at that breeding grounds there one more time. We got to go a half mile or so to get around this knob. And, and uh, we just get over there and we see these two big bulls just topping the skylight over there, th- 350 yards away, see. And here comes a spike behind them. And the spike stops in the skyline. And, and uh, Zach, I says, Zach says, I want to shoot him. And I says, well, go ahead if you think you can hit him. You know, I didn't think he'd hit him. So, shit, he, he dropped him right there. <laughs> so it took us uh, a day to get his meat back to the ridge where we could hike him out. <laughs> the, the big bull or the spike? The, the spike. spike. <laughs> 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 I mean, that should have been Brady ground. <laughs> but, yeah. When he talks about getting him to the ridge to pack him out, it's, what, three and a half miles from yeah. there back to the pickup on the ridge. And it took him a day to get him up to that point and then three and a half miles back to the pickup. It's more or less cow trails from there. Yeah, it's it's pretty mean ground. We've done mm-hmm. a lot of packing over there over the years, but I I really admired the fact you know Jerry's always made sure to hunt with the grandsons. <laughs> yeah. It it doesn't matter which one has a tag, he's going to be over there to hunt with them, you know. And I I really admire that fact that he's always been involved and helped them out. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's just an excuse for him to get to go hunt. <laughs> oh, I know it is, but he loves it. <laughs> nerf gun? Oh, I packed a Nerf gun and about 50 darts for a while just to let the animals know we could have killed them if we wanted to. <laughs> you were so close that you could shoot them with a Nerf Nerf dart gun? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this was in my adulthood life. <laughs> so this isn't like a little kid story. When I pulled that thing out, he goes, what are you doing? I go, I'm just going to prove to it. I could have killed that. <laughs> just letting them know. Well, that was that during your photo taking sessions, Jerry? No, I don't take many photos. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I've seen lots of photos. I've seen, I seen you playing chicken with a bull one time on another side of a snag. Oh. That photo taking, was up today. Was it? Yeah. Where was, was that at? There was a picture of you on one side of the tree. And a bull elk looking at you on the other side of the tree. That was up in Jasper. I I, I had that happen three times that one day. That, <laughs> that uh, you got a camera. I got a I got a video camera. Yeah, but uh, you weren't shooting the when I had seen the picture. You weren't exactly shooting the video as much as I can remember. I think you had the video camera down at that point, and you were kind of looking for. Uh, the quality of video wasn't there. Yeah, it was a little shaky. <laughs> he I was think. looking for a little safety cover <laughs> exactly. on the other side well, of the tree. Well, yeah, uh, three three times that one day I had bulls. Well, Ron, the same day, me. huh? The same day, yeah. Different bulls, different bulls. That I would be taking their picture, and they would be fifty, sixty feet away from you, and all of a sudden they 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 knew you were there all the time. And they would just be walking along and just make a left turn and come right straight at you. Charge you? Charge me, yeah. Now, was your cologne that day cow and heat? Or? 
Well, why do you think that? Why, it, why do you think that was? It might have needed some toilet paper when I, when I <laughs> got through. But uh, this one time that and uh, Jasper there, I seen th- there was there were three three sets of bulls fighting out on the riverbank there that one day. So I I called Rhonda. She was in the truck, and I said, "You got to get out here and see this." So she. She walks out there, and, and we get down, and about the time we get down there, the doggone, uh, the bulls start, stop fighting, and, and here the cows, they head off, and, and the head, cows come on past us, and, uh, I wasn't smart enough to figure out that pretty soon the bulls gonna come along, and, uh, anyway, it wasn't long till the bull, I see the bull coming, I tell her, we got to get here in the brush, see. So we get off in the brush, and, and this bull goes on to his cows, and and then uh, here comes two satellite bulls on, hot on his trail going after these cows, and everything's fine until oh, here comes those satellite bulls. And they go up, and the next thing I knew, here comes the satellite bulls back, and this, bull, this old bull is hot on their tail. And I told Rondi, we got to be careful now. And he, he's about 50 feet away from us, walking away, and he just turns and comes. And we got three trees between us. And he hits those trees, and, and he's turning around trying to get his head through those trees. And Rondi's, she says, I can touch your nose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we had a hell of a time getting out of there. And then the damn thing goes up there and standing by our pickup. Waiting for us. And really? and he's watching his cows across the road, but he's standing on our pickup. We're scared as hell, and finally a, uh, there's a road there, and a car. We get behind the other side of this car, and we we go up to the to our pickup, and then I I jump across to get the pickup, and then I go back and get her, <laughs> so we can get away from that bull. That's okay. what you call a date, huh? That's date night. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know yeah. another another thing that happened with uh, with Randy, I witnessed today at the convention. Oh yeah, yeah. Jerry walks out of the convention room and goes across to the motorhome, and pretty quick he comes back and he's packing an extension cord and a lamp. <laughs> and <laughs> this lamp is really unique. <laughs> I don't know if either of you guys. I did see it. I saw see, it. Looked like something straight out of the Christmas story. Yeah, it, was, it was a leg lamp. Yeah, <laughs> it was an elk leg lamp, and I don't know. Maybe Randy wants to elaborate on where that came from, or exactly <laughs> what that's all about. But it's it's a pretty pretty unique lamp that they've awarded Jerry with. <laughs> yeah, um, I believe it was 2019. Um, he had the big bull tag for sled springs and Zach and I had scouted pretty good and we kind of, we found a nice six point that we figured we can get him in on fairly easy. And so Zach and I were on the Miller side and we talked him in on him and we'd sat on this bull and all we could, we watched the whole thing through our spotting scopes. So this is like an emotional roller coaster at this point because we found this bull, we got him in on it. And then we're sitting there watching Grandpa just sitting down, and he gets on the rifle. 
and we could see the bull, and it's like, okay, it's going to happen. And so he's on the rifle for quite a while. Then he gets off the rifle. And then they're sitting there spotting and glassing. And then he's on the rifle again. So then we're at another high thinking it's going to happen. This happened several times. So finally the he shot and hit the bull. And somewhere in the confusion, one of the hits was on a rear leg right at the top of the hoof. Well, Zach and I come around. And my dad had hiked to the top and was coming around the other way. And they went down and skinned, started skinning it and everything. By the time Zach and I got there, he was just finishing skinning it, and he was cutting his legs off. And I can't tell you at the time if it was Zach or I that noticed this bullet wound. Bullet in the hoof. And so we got it snuck into one of our backpacks and taken out. And so Grandpa's getting ready to head home, and Zach and I sneak off to a friend of mine's a taxidermist. And I was like, hey, we happened to sneak this foot out with the hoof and everything attached. Could you stuff this for us? And so he got that done and the head boiled and everything. And so that year for Christmas, I had called Zach and I was like, hey, I just picked this thing up. Can you swing into Goodwill and get some lamp material? A couple good lamps, something we can piece together and make this lamp. And Dan had mounted it to a piece of wood. And so I took a casing out of the gun that he shot it with and glued it to the deal and so we right there everyone was gathered around his christmas time <laughs> and so i kind of rudimentally wrapped this thing with this and he kind of opens it up and like you could see him he's all excited because we're presenting this gift in front of everyone the night before christmas and then you could instantly tell when he when he realized what it was, because <laughs> his smile kind of went to disappointment in us grandkids, <laughs> which made us smile more. <laughs> but it's just like the Christmas story. The guy opens it and he says, oh, it's an award. Yeah, it turned it's into a, an award. It's a lamp. <laughs> yeah. With a hoof and a bullet hole in it. <laughs> yeah. But somehow shell before. casing mounted to it. Somehow before everyone showed up, the lamp disappeared. Uh, <laughs> well, it appeared today at the convention, so he must yeah. enjoy it and yeah, like he's, the story. He's and I, I can laugh about it now. Yeah. <laughs> were you, or were you trying to donate it to the raffle to see if it would go away? <laughs> <laughs> but in all honesty, that bull was coming down a real steep hill. Oh, here comes the uh, justification. Yeah, hold on here comes yeah. the other story. And okay. <laughs> coming up. Facing right at oh, me. Oh, so his back end was high, and, and it, so yeah. that's how come you missed it. Is he, he running like a Tennessee walker with his feet up in the air yeah. like this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 But any, anyway. Now. You don't take any ribbing over no, anything no, from no, those grandsons. Not at all. Now, 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 I got another one for you, Jerry. Uh, uh, there was a, a time when you were with Ted, and you guys treat a bear, and you were taking some pictures and whatever, and and you and Ted were discussing the nose on this bear. <laughs> you, you kept telling Ted, no, the head of it's over here, right? That, that, you remember that? No, I, I don't remember that. It, Jerry doesn't remember. <laughs> you yeah. do too, but He Jerry. says, no, Ted, I can see the head of this bear right here. I get a great shot of the head right here. I can see his nose. It's right here. Ted says, I don't know what you're looking at. The head's over here, whatever. So Ted walks over around the other side of the limb or the tree or whatever jerry's over there he's got his camera and he's taking pictures of the head of this bear <laughs> ted looks up and he goes jerry 
That's not the nose. Jerry says, yeah, that's the nose right there. Don't you see it? It's got the pink nose, whatever. That was the balls. <laughs> and I got a good picture. Oh, but you got a real nice picture of that. Yeah. 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 You got a, the picture of a south end of a northbound bear. <laughs> yeah. uh, the nose. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that was the nose. That was the nose, yeah. Oh, you need a better uh, camera. <laughs> you know, this is one of the zoom cameras no, now. Uh, it's just we'd, my eyesight's getting bad. <laughs> oh. We'd go over there bear hunting, and uh, like I say, Jerry being the photographer, we'd catch a bear, and Ted would, of course, be in normal Ted mode and in a hurry to leave the tree. Yeah. Got to go catch another one, you know. We, we don't have time to take pictures. And Jerry's taking pictures, and monitoring all bear activity up there you know and then ted god dang it jerry we gotta go we got another bear to catch and he'd be headed for the pickup with the dogs and jerry'd be back there and i'd go to the pickup and i i know of at least two times that i had to walk back in after me and ted had all the dogs to the pickup and find Jerry because he's hunkered down back there waiting for the bear to come down the tree so he can get a picture or video of it coming down the tree. And uh, I I always had to laugh because Ted and Jerry were always going at each other. Pardon me, Rondi, but like a couple old women yeah. back and forth, you know. And, but boy, it was a lot of fun. Uh, Ted's, Ted's got a camera now, so he does he does take a little longer. He does. Once yes. in a while, he will. Well, but that's how a guy gets to 4,000 bears in a career is he's got to be in a hurry. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but gosh darn, you can only treat three in one day. That should be enough. <laughs> no. Yeah, but I've also ridden with Ted when he was in a hurry, and the old crap handle on the rig was the most important part. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've you had know? some water bars before, and I think that everybody's head in the vehicle is hammered into the ceiling you swear the axles are going to be laying in the, <laughs> the dirt road behind you. That's why Ted has a bungee cord across that little box on his console. Yep. And everything in there seems to stay in. It's like flipping the pancake in a frying pan. Everything flies up and lands right back <laughs> in the box. I think Jerry was with us one time again. It was me and Jerry, Cody, and Ted. Ted had a brand new F-150 at the time. Brand new. and. <laughs> We went and rode up there off of Mount Harris, I think it was, hit a water bar, and we get to where we want to listen to the dogs, and we stop to get out. Passenger side door, no go. It don't <laughs> open no more. And we had hit the, road, the water bar hard enough that it had bent the running board or the, the step tube there under the door on this brand new pickup up high enough that we couldn't open the door. So we all got to crawl out the driver's side and go around, and then me and Cody got elected to jump up and down on the running board <laughs> to straighten it out enough so we could use the door the rest of the day. Yeah. <laughs> but then on the way out, he hit the same water bar and exactly. bent the driver's side. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, Jerry, what's your – buddy, he likes train wreck stories. So what's, the, what's your train wreck story, dog hunting, that you can remember that – did you have any long days turned into long nights or a long weekend or? Oh, shoot. I just, no, we just all, always had perfect races. Turn them loose. Oh, yeah. 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 Turn them loose and tree and yeah. uh, 
Let's see. Uh, what got you tied into OSDA? What's that? What got you tied into OSDA? Measure 18. Measure 18. Measure 18. Yeah, be- before Measure 18, I just hunted by myself, my son and I, and uh, another friend. Uh, we didn't need anything. We didn't need any other support, you know. But I, I found out that uh, in politics, you can't do it alone. Right. And uh, that's when I started Measure 18. Yeah. Now, Jerry, did you know Greg and Arlene before no. Measure 18 and you got no. involved with OUSDA? No. I, I didn't know any, any of the hound people. I didn't know Ted. I didn't know any. You didn't know Rod, Clawwitter, no. No. Greg and Arlene, Thomas? No, I didn't know any of them. So just to yeah. clarify, Major 18 was the one where Oregon lost its bear and cougar hunt. You're right. That, that started in, yeah. So how did you find, like, did you just know somebody and come to convention? Or, I mean, what was it that brought you? Arlene into? were in OUSDA. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, well. They got us in. But how did you meet Greg and Arlene? How did it... How did you get started going to OUSDA, I guess, would be the... Well, I I just started in a... Uh, Field trials and stuff? or No, I don't know. This, this friend of mine had a hound, and then uh, we went to the hound club, and then uh, from then I picked up that pup, and then I started going to the hound club. And, and uh, in the good old days, I used to belong to four different hound clubs. One in Sandy and one in Oregon City. So did Mo-Walla. you did you join the Hound Clubs, Jerry, because of the fact that you knew Measure 18 was developing and you decided you wanted to pitch in and help? Or uh, is that well, how you decided to join the Hound Clubs and got involved? Well, I was in the Hound Clubs, but I, I decided you had to get involved to, to uh, try and beat them. Because, yeah. uh, but uh, after Measure 18, when they had that next initiative, that ba- next ballot initiative, I spent. I in ca- 96, when we tried to repeal it. Yes. Uh, I ended up, I got more signatures than anybody in the state. Yes, you did work your tail I, off on I, that. I used to go to the uh, gun clubs, and I'd sit there Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I was retired then. And, and uh, well, let's see, I wasn't retired in 95. I didn't retire till '97, but I still went on the weekends and evenings. And I got more signatures than anybody else on measure down the repeal measure 18. I remember Jerry getting real involved in the '96 uh, attempt to overturn measure 18, and being at the legislature and going down there and. The antis being dressed in their bear and cougar <laughs> suits and stuff. And, you know, we, a lot of us had put a massive amount of time into trying to defeat Measure 18 prior to 94. And then, you know, it passed in 1994, took effect because they put an emergency clause on it. So it took effect immediately. And then we spent the next two years basically until 96 to uh get it back on the ballot to try to repeal it 
And in that two-year time, we spent a lot of time going down to Salem to the Capitol building. And, you know, guys like Jerry, as he said, he collected the most signatures and it was heavily involved. And, uh, you know, Greg and Arlene Thomas, they were heavily involved. Rod Clawwitter, there was a lot of people. But that's probably when I remember really getting involved and meeting Jerry and him being involved with with that that yeah. effort you know yeah now when you're talking like that he was one one that a a good good track that lasted longer than it should have. yeah uh, on what do you yeah. mean a good track who huh a good track last explain that well on the last seven days when they're going to close down the hunting yeah i went out and I, I don't know how many cougar I caught. I caught a bunch of cougar in that seven days. But the last day, last day of the season. Uh, I think it took effect on November, December 1st, November 31st that month, right? It passed. Yeah. It passed the first week of November during the general So it was election. like when it passed, you had a couple weeks left. Yes. It we had, like, I think, till the end of the month. Man, that, that, had to be, that had to be like a oh, it's flat kick in the nuts just. I mean, gut. Devastating. Just, yeah. Just like your gut sick, probably. Hard yeah. time to sleep. And I couldn't imagine. I mean, I wasn't into it. Like, I was, I was after that time period, so I didn't experience that. Well, see, we, we had to wait till the season opened before they could close it. <laughs> yeah. Then, uh, let's see, the, the night before the season opened, uh, I found this, the biggest track, cougar track I'd ever seen. Up off Miller. Oh, yeah. And it's going down in the swamp. And uh, I had my buddy with me. And uh, it started raining and snowing and hailing. And What buddy did you have with you? Well, it's Jerry, this friend of mine. He's not a hound guy. And I told him, well, that track ain't going to last till daylight. The way that snow is. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put the dogs out now and go after him. So anyway, he says, I'm going with you. No, you you stay here. No, I'm going with you. So he finally went with me. So we take off down in there. You know, we go clear down in the bottom of Swamp Creek there. And it, I could hear the dogs uh, treeing. And old Jerry starts whining. I, oh, I'm getting cold. I got to get out of here. I got to get cold. And I tell him, well, you just walk two miles down the creek and you can, there's a cabin down there you can get into. I'll come back there, down there in the morning when I find a dog. No, no, I can't go alone. No, I can't do that. So I had to walk this two miles down there, get him in the cabin and get, and then I said, you can start your own fire. And I headed back out. And by then it was just a blizzard. I could hear the dogs treeing, but I couldn't figure out where they're at. Well, I got to go to the top of the canyon, get my tracker, and go after them. And by the time I got to the top, then I was thought, no, I'm going to take the truck and go clear down, down there, get Jerry. And I get down there about 10 o'clock, head in towards the dogs. Here the dogs are coming out. And I wasn't smart enough to backtrack them, but I ended up losing the biggest cougar I ever seen. And then, then we 
on the seventh seventh day of our hunting season, about 10 o'clock, I find this nice cougar track, but it's old. So I, I got to I gotta give it everything I got, see. So I, <clears throat> I tell, tell these other two guys. Well, we had a, had a guy from Bloodline Magazine uh, with us, Donnie and I, my nephew. And there was another guy. And uh, I says, I'm going after that cat and just see. <clears throat> I'll follow him to see if I can pressure it up. And uh, so uh, the two of them headed out with me. And, uh, oh, we're, we're gone a couple hours. And then one dog got loose and took off on the track. Well, when that one dog got loose on the track, you can't let him go alone. You got to give him some help. So I turned them all loose, all three of them. And, and that's the last I seen them. I found them seven days later. But uh, that was the worst one I've been on. But, uh, but I followed that track midnight. Uh, the guys that were with me, they'd had enough. They had to, <clears throat> they had to go out. So got my nephew on the radio and we coordinated where they would come out and that. So they headed out. And then they picked me up at about 30 the next morning with no dog. <laughs> but the, they had evidently got in a cave or something because I got old Tommy Burkmeyer's snowmobile. Well, he put 40 miles on it one night and couldn't uh, track it, get a signal. And I, I spent 40 miles the next night going a different direction. Never got a signal. But one, one night I thought I had a signal. And uh, I was up by a coyote campground, and the signal was coming back to Swamp Creek. So this is about midnight or so, and I told my brother, I says, well, pick me up down the bottom. I'm going to walk this track, uh, walk this signal out. And the signal took me clear to the bottom of the canyon and up the other side, up on Starvation. And that's, that's a long walk. Yeah, and and cool. I, I'm getting a signal, and I, I get up the top there, and I'm right on top of the signal in six inches of, six inches to a foot of snow, and the signal's underneath me, and it ended up to be a damn grouse that they'd collared. <laughs> You're around 151 collars or something? Or? Yeah, 150. Oh, those are the little wildlife collars we're running. Yeah. yeah. Oh man! So that wasn't even your dog. No, it was a grouse. It was a grouse. What? The, <laughs> how? What? Uh, how? Was it a <laughs> What? What kind of transmitter? You turn your it? mic in a little bit. There you go. What, what kind of transmitter was it? Like a button on the wing, well, or how? So well, the wildlife collars were all on one fifty, one fifty one, and a lot of those guys ran one fifty, one fifty one. So you would be driving around, and you could pick up. Wildlife like elk, deer, deer, elk, like yeah, a lot of the oh, wildlife yeah. guys, oh. those guys used like who was it uh, in Oregon that was running made those collars? Oh, well, uh, I forget. Butch, well, what was the Butch guy? Wheeler, Butch, yeah, yeah. Wheeler. <clears throat> Butch Wheeler made the collars, but uh, but at one time I could have traded my collars in and got the two seventeen collars. But, uh, that was the most common. Was yeah, Larry, Larry Sola had the two, the one fifties, and I had the one fifties, and there was another guy. The three of us had the same thing. 
We would have yeah. all three had to trade in and get. I remember, the, like Rod, I don't know if Rod had one fifties or not. Yeah. But, but I remember that one fifty, and it was. Yeah. It I was, still got some. <laughs> that's what a lot of these new guys don't realize is that I got these GP. Like there was some horror stories. Like I never had a growl. I never tracked a grouse, but. But yep. it, it was off signal just a little bit, but sometimes the weather, cold weather, do that. Yeah, you'd have a. You know? So, so that was what day of the seventh day? That, that was the that was, uh, day after the seventh day. That, that was probably two days later, two days after the season was over, that I finally picked up the signal. Yeah. And so you still didn't have your dogs? No. So no. how did you end up getting them? Well, some guy brought them to church. A week later. Really? About 30 miles away. Brought them to church where? In Enterprise. Oh, yeah. And where had he found them, Jerry? Did Did you ever find out where he Not exactly, found them? but uh, they had to be out at, uh, off Crow Creek someplace down in there. Oh, yeah. But uh, it's hard, hard telling where that cat, cat could have went. So they basically spent the seven days in the canyon. Somewhere, yeah. Yeah, somewhere in that canyon. Yeah. And that is a big canyon. I mean, that. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. the callers now, like, it's amazing for people who haven't, haven't experienced those telemetry callers. Yeah. Because it was, like you say, you'd, you would chase a signal down in a canyon, and I mean, you'd swear it's like, why am I not finding this dog? And I bet you, you, you makes you wonder how close you were to some dogs so many times that you just spin around. I mean, you guys. You, dog. I spent it, it, probably, well, 20 years ago or so, I lost two dogs for seven nights, and I picked up the picked them up on the eighth day, basically the same as what Jerry said. We had some bad weather coming in and I was hunting some pretty rough country and a lot of rock bluffs and stuff. And I, I virtually was up there as close to 24 hours a day as I could be go home and get coffee and some food and run back up and look. And I walked and walked and you'd walk up a bluffy Canyon, you know, and you'd swear, okay, they're over here on the right. Yeah. And you'd walk up that ridge and, oh, no, I was getting a bounce there bounce. over here on yeah. the left. You're getting a bounce out of the <laughs> rocks. And that went on for days. And finally on that um, eighth day, well, on the seventh day, I got really close to him. And I knew I was close, but I was one finger off in the canyon. And, and I was wore out, beat, snow deep. And the next day was predicting to freezing rain and high winds and starting to warm up weather change and i knew i had to get them out of there that day and i went up the next morning went up the ridge next to them or the next finger over in that canyon and found them bedded down sleep barely moving really and uh i literally packed them down off of that finger sliding rain gear on you know on the coast there and sliding down the snow and packing them got them to the creek and there was no way i was crossing the creek packing them and uh so i just i made them walk from there put a leash on them and drug them and loosened them up and got them across the creek and down to the pickup but yeah that was the worst i ever had it was the eighth day and boy they were in rough shape and uh 
terrible conditions. And how many times do you think dogs laid up back then? You think dogs laid up more back then, or like is it just with the GPS collars we can get to them better? Or, I mean, oh what? yeah, there's no comparison to the what we had then. Yeah, what, do you what think made them? G- what made them lay up? back then just wore out yeah just wore out they were done they were they're gonna lay up to die i mean they're they're out of energy they yeah they can't do anything too cold you think now we're able to get to them oh the first day before so i mean i guess because that that second day they don't have food and i mean it probably just wears wears them down i think they're good about three or four days but i had the same thing happen as you did there i i had uh I think three dogs out on a, a bobcat up in the Molala. And, uh, got it. It was about 10 below then. It was cool. I shouldn't even been out, but I, I had a good cat track and, and they went down, down by the Cal, let's see, the Molala River, I guess it was up there. Copper Creek or something. Anyway, I ended up losing them. I couldn't get a signal from up up on top where they were and and a couple days later i picked the signal up down lower see and and i could get within a half a mile of them but they were across across the river and uh, i went there for about three days honk my horn and honk my horn and uh, but the damn molala river was there And they they hadn't moved for three days or four days. No, I I went over there and I told my boy I says I am going to cross that river one way or other. So God, I found a nice log, probably three foot round. I was going to go across that. And I got halfway across and boy, this log was just shiny. Uh oh, it's light iced up. So I I backed off of there, and then I found found a place where I could drive the pickup right down to the river and shine my lights across the river. And I told my son, I says, I'm going to go across here. At least you'll know if I fall in. <clears throat> and I waded across there, but just, I didn't quite get to my waist with it. Overalls, just halfway up your overalls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but by the time I got to the other side, my legs were so numb, I couldn't hardly get off up the bank. And uh, I made my way up the bank, and I got up to the dogs. <clears throat> and they were froze up so bad, they, they couldn't even lift their head up to when I was uh, there, you know. And so I started rubbing them and that, and rubbing them, and and uh, finally got them to get up anyhow. So they got up, and I leashed them up, and I just drug them down to the creek. And uh, <coughs> I was scared to drag them out there across the river, but uh, that's the only thing I do. But, boy, as soon as they hit that water, they freshened right up. <laughs> <laughs> they woke up, huh? They woke up, yeah. But uh, uh, it... They would have just died right there because they were they weren't going to move. Yeah, I had a guy that worked for me back in the telemetry days, and he started hunting. And he went out one evening and lost his dogs in the watershed there, close to us, and a lake there that the the water the watershed you know owns, and uh, 
his dogs got around the back side of it and there's no entry into that area you know it's completely off limits and um it at the time it happened to be a place that i had a bear permit for that i was doing bear damage work and he told me about it and he'd been up there for two or three days uh every night after work trying to get the dogs out and on and on so finally one day i i talked to the forester and i said hey i know i'm not supposed to go in there to the watershed but i said is it okay if i go in there park walk around the lake and find these dogs i said they're they're gonna die in there and so he gave me permission and me and another friend of mine that worked for me we took off and walked all the way around the lake up through the infeed and everything around the other side and got up there to a side draw and there was some waterfalls coming down through there and it was real rocky and bluffy and i kept getting a signal on this guy's dogs there randy's dogs up there and and uh i'm up there hollering and looking and and i cannot find those dogs and i i mean i was right there you know the old trick of taking the antenna yeah. off and just yeah. using the coax on your <laughs> on your telemetry and i mean they were right there holding them back yeah and uh i'm down there in that <laughs> right under a waterfall and i finally look up and one of them's peeking over this ledge off of this waterfall up there and they were laid up there were three dogs and they were laid up up there and they weren't moving we finally found a way to scale up there, got a hold of them, drug them down, did like Jerry, put them on a leash, drug them to get them moving, you know. And once we got them moving for a little ways, coming back around the head of the lake, and, you know, it was a couple mile walk around through there to get over to get them. And we finally got them picked up and drug out of there. But, you know, they were laid up, going to die there on that ledge. They were done for. and. uh um, I think those are the only two bad, bad experiences of trying to get dogs out of there that were basically at the end of their limit. Yeah. And, uh, boy, you know, Randy, he couldn't have been more appreciative, but it, it just happened to work out. I was able to help him and get him out of there. That's why I think a lot of, you know, they, they talk about the GPS collars and stuff and it's like the safety of the dog is so absolutely, you know, <laughs> Everybody's like, oh, it's just these radio-controlled dogs is what you want to talk about. It's like, man, like, it is the safety of the dog that is more important than anything else as far as the things that, you know, those are the things. The way it's evolved, buddy, I mean, how many times nowadays do you make it more than, I, I don't know, a hours? Several hours at the most. Yeah, a, a, a handful <laughs> of hours before yeah. you have your hands back on the dog yeah. because... With the GPSs, we know right where they're at. and I mean, it took hours just to try to figure out where, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, like, it's amazing, you know, like, what the safety of the dog, being able to get to the dog. And even if the dog's going towards the highway or going, you know, I mean, like, it would just get out of the, man. I mean, I mean we so just dis were talking last night, remember? And we were talking about the, really, the first time I ever met you in the woods. And OUSDA had a field trial, and of course, everybody knows I'm not a huge field trial guy. You know, <laughs> I'm and, not e anymore. I'm and, not uh, either. There's a, there's a reason I'm not. It, but. it was 
east of me a ways, but close enough that I would cut up through the woods over the mountain and the field trial was on the east edge of my hunting area that I always hunted and had bear permits and everything. And, and I thought, well, I'll go over there and check out the field trial. But I was, you know, the field trial was way underway before I was going to be over there. And I took dogs and went up over the mountain, hunted my way over. And I come down the hill and I'm getting within a couple miles of the field trial and there's hound pickups everywhere. And there's people looking for dogs, and I come down the road, and the first one that I actually talked to is Buddy. And he's standing out there beside his pickup with his telemetry looking for dogs. (laughs) And they had had a bear race that morning, and I don't know what happened, but there was dogs scattered for miles around there after that bear race. And, And Buddy's out there with his telemetry looking for his dogs along with a lot of other people, you know. And nowadays... You'd have had the GPS, and you'd have had them in a few minutes, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I always, I, always, I always joke. I'm like, you may not want to go where they are, but you know where you need to go. Yes. Yep. Uh, well, years ago, before the telemetry, I'd hunt up the Clackamas River, and uh, there I had this one bear you know, hung out in that same area all the time. But if I... If I d- turned out on him, he would go out the same way, going up, o- go up over the ridge, over the hill, and I couldn't hear him no more. And then I'd get up there, and then I couldn't find him. And I'd lose him. I'd hunt all day, hiking around, never could hear him. I'd go back to the pickup, but I did this so much that I knew once they went over that ridge, I wasn't going to hear them till Tuesday or Wednesday of the next day, the uh, next week. And they, they had tree the bear probably because they, they wouldn't come out till Tuesday or Wednesday. And I could go up there every night. And finally, Tuesday or Wednesday, they'd be right there where I dumped them off. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but I, I'd have to spend a whole week to find them and, and then I'd take them home and feed them. <laughs> for two days and then take, take them, them out, out, out again. Go put them on the same bear. And be like, well, yeah. well, well, see you next Tuesday. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I wouldn't go there. I'd go around that area, <laughs> and then if I to, couldn't get something going, you get desperate. And then then you... I'd go back there. Well, maybe I can get in there before. Maybe they'll tree them before they gets over there. You know. Oh, that's funny. And uh, but. Uh, I'm sure they treat them, but they they almost be up there for ways. Hmm. I always, I always, uh, when we talk, people complain about the GPS callers a lot of times, you know. And a lot of times it's like, do you remember? Like, did you use telemetry or even not telemetry before? You know, when it's like, because if you haven't, like, I think you should go try it. Because <laughs> <You know, laughs> yeah. it was like, man, it was rough. There was some, some, there was a lot of days that you spent just driving roads and checking this point and going back over here and and I mean trying to 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 figure out when when it made sense to jump out of the truck and go down the canyon cuz hell if you jumped out too soon you'd I mean you'd have to go all the way down and back up the other side and and oh man Rondi uh, question for you what how many times were you ever sitting at home wondering, <laughs> is he ever coming home? 
I can't count the number of times. <laughs> <laughs> did Did you ever have to call the sheriff's department, the search and rescue, and ask no, if it, no. no? How many times did you have to call friends? Have you seen Jerry? Do you know what happened or you to just her? Just like no. How never. Times you called never the insurance did. agent. <laughs> Can I cash this one out yet? Oh no, because he. You guys just had a pack. Did you just know? I mean, is that I just knew like? He'd... Yeah, I'd be home in time to go to work. Yeah. I might be, might be gone for the weekend, but I'd be home Monday morning. Morning to go to work. I think that's a pact that most houndsmen, houndsmen, their wives or whatever, kind of know that it's like, yeah, you don't really know when you're going to see him again. He might be. Yeah. That, that might be a lot of houndsmen are divorced. Too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they don't well, get that memo. We were up in Jasper, and I was sitting in the car waiting for him, which I did a lot when he was out taking elk pictures. And we got to know some of the professional photographers that were out there. And one of them stopped by and he said, we were sitting around the campfire last night and we voted you the most patient woman in the world. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. I think being a houndsman, actually, I even think it makes you more dedicated in other elements like elk hunting, deer hunting. Like, I've had, but and I won't name buddies or whatever, but they'll go out hunting, and at least with, with Laura, I, she knows that, like, even if it's elk hunting, it's like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know when I'll be home. I've, I've The dogs have just made that, you just... Yeah, you just had it happen so many times with dogs that whenever it's like elk hunting, it's like, oh yeah, I could just stay here and keep hunting for this thing or whatever, yeah. and, and it kind of changes your mentality, I think, on other aspects. Because I've had other buddies like, that's, I got a date tonight. I'm like, what do you mean you got a date? You guys, we were hunting today. There's, <laughs> you don't make plans on the night you're hunting. There's, there's yeah. none of that. You like no plans. Yeah, well, you take a friend hunting with you, and they always want to go hound hunting, and yeah. Okay, I'll pick you up at five or six or whatever in the morning. We'll go hunting. Yeah. And about eight, nine o'clock, I, I got to be home by 10. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad you're in it for the long haul now. You know, we're here till we get the dogs or yeah, whatever. I, I took uh, the employees, you know, Shannon and Olivia and, and uh, Mike, and, and I, I tell them, here's the deal. Like, I don't know when we're coming home. Like, Here's what the plan is. You know, normally about two or three, I'm not going to like turn. I I probably won't turn a dog loose. It doesn't mean I won't, but you know, it just depends on how rough of a day I've had. And, yeah. but and I'll be driving home and I'll be on that snowmobile heading back to the truck or something. And I'm like, yep, we're going to turn loose on this one. Probably a bad idea, but. You know, kind of changing the subject a little bit, but uh, I. I said earlier how much I admired Jerry for all of his hunting and teaching and spending time with the grandkids and taking Randy and Zach out there and hunting them on those ridges and camping over spike camping out overnight and stuff. I have to tell you guys that another person in the trailer here tonight that I really admire is Rondi. And when she said that, you know, they voted her as most patient wife. Ever since I can remember, Rondi has been by Jerry's side at the OUSDA conventions. 
whether he's just like the story I told earlier about him being in his whitey tighties calling <laughs> Rondi because he had to tell her about that log cabin and that ranch. He was so excited about it. And it was impressive, no doubt. And, uh, but Rondi's always been there. I don't think I've, I, I know I've never been to a convention that she was not at. And a lot of these get-togethers that we have after the USDA convention have occurred in their motorhome, and she sits here with us and BSs and tells stories, and we watch videos and look at pictures and sit around and talk like this, and I really admire the fact that Rondi has been right there supporting him through every adventure that Jerry's been on. Making fun of him all the way. Exactly. <laughs> yep. She'll be the first one to give him hell and then tear and him have up. A choice. But, yeah. <laughs> yep. But he's got to call her every night. We lost one. Yeah, yeah. We, lo we lost a member of the podcast, <laughs> I guess. That's the first time somebody's falling asleep on a podcast. At least wearing the microphone, <laughs> you fell asleep. I've I had a lot of people we put to sleep before. <laughs> I've been just watching his eyes. They're going like this. <laughs> and then once I saw him go, Brad has a, Brad has a reputation of falling asleep in these meetings we're having. I'm not good after eight thirty at night unless it's hunting. <laughs> I, I'm out. Yeah. Oh. Yep. When, yeah. Uh, I was just thinking, you know, when I was a a dedicated hound guy, I didn't do any other hunting. I, I everything had to be for my dogs. You know? Yep. I didn't do any deer hunting. Didn't do any elk hunting. Just if I had. If I had a spare day, it was going to be with the dog. Yeah. That's that's when I had, had good dogs. It takes a lot of dedication. Oh, Jerry. yeah. 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 You got to be committed. Who was your mentor? Who, do you, who would you say your mentor was? I don't know. Larry Sowell. I, I, I think Larry Sowell, uh, he taught me a lot of stuff I didn't need to want, didn't, didn't, didn't need use, to know. <laughs> didn't use, but... <laughs> I mean, uh, Larry So has been a mentor to a lot of people. Yeah, but uh, hey, I I like Larry Soa's like dry sense of humor. I mean, he oh, has yeah. got oh, some geez. man. He will really miss seeing him here at exactly. the convention today. Well, we could be out hunting all night, and he might might say a half a dozen words. Yeah, yeah, but. They hurt too. <laughs> when he did talk, I mean, it was like, "Oh, it kind of hurt, Larry." But, but when you hear his pickup start up, you better be in there because it's going to be moving. You take <laughs> off. You stop. Stop to listen, and and if you hear that pickup going, you you better be in there. Yeah. <laughs> Does, when you hunt with people, do you ever notice if you go hunting with a hound guy, when you stop the pickup and there's a race going, everybody shuts up. Oh man! You listen. But if you take somebody that hasn't been hunting, <laughs> and you go and you stop the pickup, and they're, oh yeah, so this one time, or you're like, yeah. you look at them, and you're like, hey, we're here to listen. We're here to listen. But then, then the pickup starts back up again, and then they start talking or whatever. But when the pickup stops, they don't stop. Yeah, no, I <laughs> but that's like a universal thing. Hound hunting. If it's somebody that knows hounds. Pickup stops. Everybody's quiet. I think you see that in other forms of hunting too. People that hound hunt, like calling or whatever. Oh yeah. You know, I've gone hunting with people, and it's like, really? This is when you're deciding to talk? Yeah. You, you guys might get it, up. like with uh, 
the biologist and oh, like when God. I'm with the the you know game wardens or whatever it is, if you're working on somebody like that in a it's the same thing. You'll be walking or doing something and you're like Yeah, you're just having a conversation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I wanna get the hell away from you because <laughs> I'm trying to listen to my dogs here right or, now. Or, or, or walking into a tree where yeah. where you're like, Hey, you're like, you know, six of us walking in here don't quite all be chat yeah, it's not and they think because the dogs are barking that it's just like, well, we can just talk as loud as we want. But how many times have you been with a biologist and you walk into a tree with a, with game cover and then the, and then you get close and it bails out and runs yeah. off and they're, the biologists look at you like, what, it, what, what happened? Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe a little quieter next time. Yeah. No, I think it's interesting to watching a, a dog man or, you know, so they they learn and then you take somebody different it, it's almost frustrating sometimes it's like man they don't they think of the dogs a little bit different and and, oh. and larry so but i going back to larry so man he was one of those guys that well he didn't say much but when he did yeah. you better you better listen yeah but i i had well it was strike uh chargers we we'd go hunting he said let's let's go up and go cat hunting so okay we'll go cat hunting so, well, go ahead and put Charger out, and we we rode Charger for a little bit. See, okay, we rode him for a ways, and pretty soon he'll open up. Now he stops the truck, dumps the tailgate, and dumps ten dogs out. Ten. Well, it's a good day. <laughs> oh, okay. I was going to say usually Larry had twenty to thirty in a pickup. Yeah. His double decker pickup. And about about two minutes of track blown out. Take a half hour to gather up all the dogs. All the cur dogs. Yeah, and then, <laughs> and then you head down the road again, and then a ways, and then you. Now be careful, Dave. There's cur cur dog listeners out there. You don't want to join Buddy's apology <laughs> tour. I'm not. All the dogs. Yeah, I'm not saying they're bad or anything, but you know, Larry was a or is a 100% died in the wool cur dog man, and. There's very few hounds that Larry. Oh, I, I better not be, <laughs> be quiet. He, Larry, <laughs> Larry very seldom ever would admit that there was a good hound. Yeah. And Larry, he probably he, wouldn't ever admit it'd it. It'd be in a slight. Public. It'd be like, well, you know, you'd be like, oh, yeah, you, like dog did good. Well, for a hound, that dog did all right. <laughs> yeah, Jerry, Jerry, he didn't turn you into a cur dog man. No, no, no. Well, he, Larry borrowed one of the walker hounds that smoky yeah well yeah he he'd keep smoker in a, in his kennel all the time yeah and then i had to go to his kennel and get him see yeah he had a clinic see and then he could hunt on days his day off or something and and during the week and then i'd have to go get him so i could hunt him on the weekend yeah yeah, Larry was. Uh, I I enjoyed. You had to you had to learn a sense of humor, but he had a really dry sense of humor, and yeah. he would he would say something, and you would you'd be looking at him, trying to figure out if he was being serious or not. And once in a while, I mean, I I remember we were at the convention here, and there was a couple of us over here, and there was a there was a there was a kid. I won't say his name, but he was he was kind of, um, and I might have already told the story on the podcast, but he was. He's a little bit gullible, and we're sitting at the table, and I don't know if it was like the, the dog had some pad, you know, like blew a pad out or something. And uh, Larry was Larry, so was he was a, he was a veterinarian, 
So we're sitting around at the table after convention, having a couple of drinks, whatever. And, and uh, he says, man, that dog, he just blows a path once in a while. And I just can't figure out what. And there he goes, yeah, he probably just put it down. He goes back to, to do it, you know, the discussion. And I mean, I, it must have been 10 minutes later. And that kid was like, you really think I should put that dog down? It's the only time I seen Larry smirk. He was like, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I just caught that glimpse out of Larry. He was like, got him. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, that's when I kind of, I, I I learned a lot about Larry in that one episode. Is he just, just dead straight? Yeah, you got to put that dog down. Well, I sure I'm glad that Larry don't have, have don't have a computer. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But yeah. but uh, the way I understand, he couldn't hear it anyway. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Larry yeah. is, it, it, you know, in Larry's defense, so throughout all the years, you know, not only being a doctor, veterinarian, legislator, legislator, Clackamas County Commissioner, OUSDA pre- president, OHA state board member, that that man has done. A lot of things for hunters and hunting in general yeah. and represented hound guys well and you know we fondly very fondly admire everything he that was, larry's done for yeah. us yeah you know even though we like to pick on him about <laughs> yeah. his cure dogs and give him a hard time but he is quite a man that's done a lot in he, his he life he would time. always in and i think rod kind of the same way you know i think because he hunted with so much with larry but you'd ask a question Thank God, it was an uncomfortable pause. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> boy, it'd, it'd take a while to the point where he was thinking. And then when he opened his mouth. Watch was, out. Yeah, you better watch. <laughs> it, like, it might have hurt. I mean, it might hurt your feelings. I don't, you don't know what was going to come out. But but that pause was sometimes un, uncomfortable. But, but man, when it came uh, out, it was black and white. Exactly. It, I mean, it exact, was like, yeah. wow. It, it's just one of those things, unless if you if you ever spoke with Larry, you know exactly what we're talking about. Yep. So many people talk right away, and Larry had an, a pause, almost uncomfortable pause. Like, you would you would ask him a question. You might not even get an answer. He might not even You were like, I don't know if he's going to answer me or not. Like, I, was that a stupid question? You know what I mean? Like, if you asked a stupid question, I don't know if you would get an answer sometimes with Larry. But he would have a pause, and then when he said something, it's like, you just you just listened. It was such a... Larry... You know, we, we've almost talked about him in almost in a past sense mm-hmm. here tonight, but yeah. we have to remember that he's still alive and kicking and out there and around. We just missed him here at the convention we today did. and missed him dearly getting to see him and talk with him. His wife showed up and and visited and talked and had dinner and had dessert with Rondi, and it was really yeah. nice to see her. and. Uh, yeah. We missed a couple people at the convention this year. We missed, yeah. It was it was missing some of those older guys like Zip, Ted, uh, yeah. Larry Soa. Some I of think those we, are my favorite people at the convention. I mean, I, I, I think Carter, we just, Carter, Carter. Yeah, we missed him. Yeah, yeah. I think it. one of the you know um, Zip and Ted. We've all talked about it multiple times today and last night and stuff, but. Um, I, I think to everybody's recollect, recollection, this convention this year is the first time that either one of those two have ever missed a convention. Probably. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. But, but uh, 
you know, I go down to take him down to the legislature. Larry. Larry, yeah. And it's there's people stopping the hall and have to talk to him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, good to see you, Larry, and that, you know. Larry had a lot of knowledge from being a legislator, spent a lot of time in those hallways, and he was admired by a lot of people, and they all knew, you know, that he had spent his time there. But they term limited. That's a, he got had to had to quit because they term limited it, and then yep. as soon as they got him out, then uh, they changed it again. Yeah, so. mm. yeah, yeah. I yep. I'm not if I'm not mistaken, I actually took Larry's position. Yeah, you did legislative. Uh, no, on the OHA state oh. board years ago. He had resigned, and I actually took his position as a state board member on the OHA state board, and that's probably been, that was probably about 1993, 94, somewhere right around the ballot measure time. Yeah. Well, as we're wrapping up here uh, an hour 40, we, we got Jerry Myra. I was hoping to get some. So more, more of these older guys on the on the podcast on this trip, but it's so difficult. I mean, things go so fast, and we we come down here to sit in the trailer and BS, and we're telling stories. And so I figured, you know what? I'm gonna I want to throw the headsets on. Anything else to 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 say, Jerry? Before we wrap this up, what do you want me to say? <laughs> give it, give the younger uh, crowd. My favorite thing is is. Is is hello, buddy? <laughs> when, I call, when I get the when I get the phone call, like hello, buddy. Then <laughs> uh, uh, everybody in the shop knows you. Yeah, you do the. You, if if you ever want an old frame, he does. You do these barnwood frames that you've been, and uh, I actually got to go pick up some of those. I got all my frames in my house are are done with by your frames. Yeah, so I'm the same way. And you don't have a single one? He won't make you any. He I, makes bet, it for I, I else. bet we have a half a dozen in our house that are Jerry's pictures or frames. Yeah. 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 No, well, no. Jerry, I, I just want to, you know, we gave you a little bit of a hard time this year and <laughs> about, uh, about the convention and, you know, for people out there listening, especially the the younger houndsmen and stuff. I can't say thank you enough to you and Rondi for all your years of service to OUSDA and all the hard work you've been done and put into preparing meals and stuff for the convention. And I, I know at first you didn't like the prospect of us having a catered dinner tonight. And, and, uh, you, you had a struggle with that a little bit, but, in the long run, like I asked you earlier after the convention ended, you know, you guys, I think you deserve more than anything to be able to relax and enjoy and visit with some people. And I think that happened tonight. Well, and, uh, but I do want you to know how much we appreciate you two and how much you've done for OUSDA since 1994 when you really got involved and, uh, I can't say thank you enough on behalf of everybody with yeah, the Yeah, I, I don't know. Of a conv- I've been going and that he hasn't been, that, that Rondi hasn't been up at the front taking money and 
Yes. Jerry running the books. So we finally got mm-hmm. you guys to yeah, be able to relax a little bit. But you guys have just taken taken over and run so smooth and nice. Uh, it's it's just good to see me out of there, so you guys can take over. Right? Well, have, you're not you're not off the hook by any means. <laughs> we still need you guys, but it, we're trying to uh, relieve some of your headaches oh, and pressure. Yeah, and, that's, that was just perfect tonight. Everything was so nice, and uh, I f- felt bad for. Uh, Brad's wife, she had to sit over there at the table all by herself. <laughs> yeah, I felt so bad about her. I was going to go over there and visit with her, and then Bobby Baker sat down at the table, and I didn't want to leave him sitting there by himself. And, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but you guys got to relax and enjoy the convention oh, a little yeah. bit, and that, that made me very happy to be able to <laughs> see that. And you see how much money Brad brought in. Brought in and yep. <laughs> Yeah, Brad and Buddy did a great job of organizing the raffle and oh, running yeah. that stuff. It so, went so smooth tonight. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah, and that and that dessert raffle. That's that's. Uh, I was get, I was ready for some dessert, and I was like, "Dang it, man!" I, <laughs> I kind of got. I was like a frustrating experience watching dessert slip away from you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you just be like, "Oh, I'm almost. I'm so close to a dessert," and then somebody had outbid. Hey, like, uh, Jerry, on on that note, you know, we kind of touched this subject earlier and Brad kind of just uh, mentioned to it a little bit, but, you know, you got involved with the hound organizations and stuff and OUSDA because of the looming Measure 18 back in 94 and stuff, and you've never really looked back. You've been as involved as anybody in the, in our group. Uh, would you, would you encourage the young guys? I mean, Brad just asked, did you have something to tell to the young guys? Would you encourage them to join into USDA, help us out and, work towards that ultimate goal of maybe someday <laughs> getting some hunting rights back and uh some sort of a repeal or overturn of measure 18 not a, not if they want to stay sane <laughs> 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 well you just got to you just got to get step up because you can't can't ask for anybody to just hand it to you and you got to fight yeah. for everything that we we got i mean uh the antis are so powerful that uh, you just you just can't imagine what they can do. When I when I think back, uh, I didn't understand them when I first started. You know, Rod would say, "Well, we we got to do this a certain way." So I went down to the University of Oregon. I spent three days three days down there one one year. And they were spending on having their environmentally talk, environmental talks, and it just opened your eyes at what these people are talking about. They were talking about the cedar root rot, and they were they they had they had a room of about uh, oh fifty seventy five people that were going to be new lawyers, and they challenged them. You. You go for, find find a, some excuse 
why we got to close this here forest down because of the cedar root rot. And they, they just, oh, it just blows you away that what these people would think of, what they, what they could try and control. But so uh, you just can't figure that you're going to get away with nothing. Uh, you just got to get in and fight for it. Yeah, I think we got to think the same way. Like we got to try to, you know, the pursuit, the impact. It's been, shoot, it's been 30 years now. And uh, there's a lot of, a lot of science out there. There's predators, and it's it's decimating the elk. And we got to use that. We got to really hit them back on the science. And so, well, I think, I think Stan Steele has yeah. a good idea where to go. You know, Rod ha- had ideas too, and they yeah. were all good. Yeah, we, you know, none of us are getting any younger, of course. And yeah, but you know, it, it's it's awesome to see a few young guys kind of starting to step up a little bit and but i will say we need to see some more younger guys in that room we do like like and i would challenge them you know the younger guys to end up like jerry and rondy and all the time and effort that they've spent and and um all the dedication they've put to ousda you know we we need the young people to step up and become the next Jerry and Rondy for down the road. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you better not you better not hope that. They need somebody to get in there to fight. Well, it's you've put my, up a battle. My fight's gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's wrap it up, Jerry. So the the, the biggest thing I got out of this is whenever you're up in a tree with a cougar, and it wants to come out of the tree. Do not grab its tail. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's a no-no. Is that's a no-no. <laughs> well, when you when you wanna want them to get out of the, the tree with it, the, you get a stick and hit their tail, and that moves them more than anything. They don't like their tail getting. No, nope, they don't. You don't like, grab it because they no, they change their mind like and come woman, let you know that they don't like their that. Tail. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I probably won't ever be in a tree with a cougar but if I ever am and he wants to get out of the tree I'm going to get out of the way to let him come out of the tree All right. okay. hey thanks guys Jerry, Rondi, thank you Brad Mombart, David Walker and uh, Randy Myra I don't think we did really good introductions but we got everybody